When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up. Welcome, everybody. It's Ears Up Podcast. We're back with uh, another history episode. I thought for sure that we would have nothing to talk about after like year four, but we don't. Turns out we do (laughs) or something like that. There's a lot of history still to talk about in the parks. And today is a good one. It's a ride that I don't really know too much about. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I was excited to learn about it. It's the Adventures Through Inner Space. Nice. Some people also call it Journey Through Inner Space. And I wonder if it, I think it changed. I don't, I've never heard that Did one. it? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I actually really don't know. Hmm. Even though I did the history of it. So it doesn't, it's not in, in, it's not in there. So I would imagine, anyway, whatever. There's a lot to cover in it. There's like uh, a million pages that I wrote. Uh, before it we. It didn't plagiarize at all. Before we. <laughs> Before we get to that, I I have a confession. Oh, God. Yeah? Well, I unfortunately, over the last two weeks since we did this show last, I have started to like Uh the Encanto songs. (laughs) I like jam out to them in the kitchen now. And I'm like... You're at jamming levels? I'm at jamming levels. Like It's it's in my head all the time, but like not right now in the bad way. Just in the like, oh yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it either, but I had to admit it because I was... I I, I said so much how I hated it. And I don't hate it anymore. So I'm sorry. So I don't love the songs, but I did like... I stopped talking crap about a movie I had never seen, and I sat down and watched it. <laughs> ah. And I actually kind of liked it. Interesting. See, I still don't really like the movie all that much. Yeah, I'm not a movie. I don't. I, I'm not on the movie train, dog. But the more I hear those songs, man, they're <sighs> that damn guy. What's his name? Lin Manuel. Yeah, Lin Manuel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I woke sure. up this morning with Family Madrigal in my head. So <laughs> yeah. I've. And well, the, the one with the drip, I haven't come drip, out drip. against this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's what's going on for the show. If you guys want to uh, contact us for any sort of reason, you can uh, email uh, all of us. We all have email addresses, and you can be a part of that too. Uh, if you have, I don't. I didn't. I didn't prepare my notes in front of me, so I'm like, I'm winging this now, even though I've done it 200 and I don't know how many times. What do people email you for? Show ideas? Uh, sure. No, yeah. feedback, feedback. Feedback. If you have feedback on the show, like Jason should really get an outline together <laughs> instead of, you know, living his life. Uh, email Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. If you have guest suggestions, Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To Bev. 
and anything else comes to me, Jason, earsup-podcast.com. We have a special guest today, Eric from the Supreme Resort and uh, Scrapping the Vowel. Yeah, which is, which is actually which is a Wheel of Fortune fan podcast. <laughs> Scraping yes. the vowel. Um, all all of the all of the old bloopers. Uh, we don't have those. Those are on YouTube. You can watch okay. those there. Great, got it. Love it. Very serious podcast. Yes, I love it. Hold on, I got to fix them. I don't have an email either. You can't contact me <laughs> at all. Um, no, I, never do that. I can give you one for for scrapping the vowel. Yeah, or for ears. You have? Do you have an ears up email? I don't. Do you want one? No. Sure. Why? Right. Why not? <laughs> not? Why not have a like a tenth email address tomorrow? We're giving them out. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's free. It could be your spam email. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got one for David, so why not? That's right. You did. Yes, that's right. Um, okay, so there's that scraping the vault supreme resort. You, you guys had a, a a pretty big show the other day, Eric. Right. Well, we had the first part of a pretty big show. Okay. Yes, we had our pre-show Palooza. What I can't remember. (laughs) I already don't remember what we called it. Yeah. Uh, We decided to do a March Madness style uh, bracket of pre-shows at Disney World and Disneyland. And we got through the first portion because we realized we had more content than we thought we would. Mm -hmm. So we did the initial portion ourselves. That's weird. Of course, you guys assumed that you had more content than you thought you did. Somehow we just always the way kept talking. So how (laughs) long is this show? We have a two hour episode, but we actually have a seven hour episode. So I think that's every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go Uh, ahead. Yeah, so the part two is coming up soon. Uh, we were going to have Terrence from earsup-podcast.com uh, on uh, the next one, but he uh, was suddenly unavailable. Okay. So we have a friend of mine, um, Tag from DL Weekly Podcast, who's uh, coming on to be our guest judge for the Sweet 16 of Pre-Show Palooza. Nice. Whenever you have one, you should take the Be Our Guest theme song, but at the end of guests, just have someone right say, Judge. Be our guest. Judge. Be our guest. Judge. <laughs> and that and could be the yeah, theme song. I'll do, you will definitely do that. I kind of that. like that. Don't For sure. That. No, it's terrible. That's fine. But yes. uh, I should point out, okay. we, we, we had a, a bracket system set up where you could send in your copy of, of your, your predictions for where people uh, where different pre-shows were going to end up. Yeah. And we had a grand prize that was fantastic, but we are instituting a uh, backup grand prize just in case other people want to get involved. Okay. You can come in at the Sweet 16 halfway through the whole the whole damn thing. I, I love it. And submit another bracket now based on what we currently have. And if you happen to win... We have a wheel of uh, of fortune, as it were, oh. where uh, there are a whole bunch of different cameo celebrities that we will send <laughs> your way. Okay, uh, and there's a slight chance you could also get Steve Gutenberg, but most of these celebrities are uh, in the five dollar range. Okay, so, really good ones. Um, well, I'll yeah. tell you what. Let's put. Let's go ahead and throw up a uh, a, a weenie shirt, a weenie castle shirt Ooh. to the winner. All right, weenie castle shirt to the. Original winner, if you were one of the, the few who joined in early on, or the secondary prize. Up to you guys. We're, we're just, because this two, yeah. two episodes, we're, we're trying to get out there to the fans. We've got a good amount of yeah. people who have put in their own brackets, and we you know, maybe want a little more. I love it. Up to you guys. Right. Whatever you want we'll to do. figure it out. Yeah. All right. You'll figure it out. Weenie shirt. Weenie shirts away. Okay, if you want to support the show, you can go to Etsy.com slash Coveyers. 
And you can buy a bunch of shirts up there. Of course, our tie-dye shirts. People are actually loving those. That's I'm pretty great. excited about it, too. Yeah, we sold a fair amount of them. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I love to see uh, a, a refreshed version of the churro shirt out there in the world. Does it make you feel good? Because I remember when you sent that yeah. text out to the group, um, Maddie and... Oh, because everyone dumped on me yeah. for it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt like... I felt like they felt crappy about it. I was like, oh, well, man, my ideas are awful. Well, they're so fashionable that I was like, I'm sure they're right. I mean, it probably was like two years ago. Well, but then I don't think so. See, cause. here's the thing. So I sold hmm. I, like we, we got two and I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but we got two sales in the first hour and I, I wrote them in, in our <laughs> chat. And I was like, oh, wow, man, people are actually buying it. And Maddie's like, Maddie goes, of course they are. Tie dye's in right now. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> They just That's literally not what you had said. Eh, here's a receipt. I don't know. Yeah. They it just love to, to bother you at when any they do, chance possible. They do a good job at it. Um, but the best way to support us, of course, is Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash ears up and you get a whole bunch of content and you can get all the back catalog content, too. So if you thought our show was terrible when we first started, <laughs> you should listen to our secret shows when we first started. <laughs> but everything's gotten a lot better. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying the walkabout. I think more people are getting on the walkabout train. I'm yeah, I'm upset I missed cool. it last week. Me too. Both you and Bev were like, I think I can make that. <laughs> yeah. You was at Walt Disney World and I said, Oh no, it's very, very late on this coast. Yes, it is. <laughs> I yeah. don't I don't want to do this. No. I like I went to bed super early on Friday last Friday, but then I like looked at my phone in bed and I was like Oh, I was supposed to do that. Like, I completely, <laughs> I completely forgot fine. it was even taking place. It was me. It was just me and RGH who's sort of been like my co-host on it, which is nice. It's good. The guy talks. So that's good. That's, that's different. That's cool. um, but uh, I th- I'm trying to, I think this month I'm going to have Maddie on. I need to confirm a date with her, but she's been saving up Disney themed TikToks. Oh boy. Yeah. To watch on the on the job. And so, you know, each one's like 60 seconds or whatever. So we can really crank through a lot of these. I just realized. So I just joined TikTok this week. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. Um, save that for the secret show, by the way. Okay. But um, yeah. I have not actually seen a single Disney TikTok. I am. I've got the wrong <clears throat> things going either. on. You got, you got to look for it. You have uh, to yeah. like go and like actively look for it. And then the algorithm will feed it to you. Gotcha. You like yeah. two of them and it's all over the place. Yeah. Okay. I really need to fix my algorithm. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm sort of lost with all my notes here. I guess that's it. We're not going to do anything else. We should just get right into my show. And right. We'll take a break halfway through. And then uh, we got some Disney news to cover, too. I got four newsy articles, news-typey articles for you guys. And I think it should be fun. Okay. That should be a good time. All right. So are you guys ready for the history of adventure through inner space? Yes. 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 Thank you. The journey, though. I, I want it to be journey. Well, I'm just only kidding. the journey. Yeah. I want a lot of things, too, Taryn. But. I'm just joking. Phase green. View angle increased to 14 degrees, 29 minutes. Automobile definition. Excellent. Your attention, please. This is the tracking procedure of an adventure through inner space. Adventurous men of science who have made this journey before you are carefully plotting every phase of this incredible journey as you shrink beyond the smallness of an atom, the smallest building block of matter. We wish you an enlightening experience, for though your body will shrink, your mind will expand. 
all phases, lower resolvable separation as automobiles proceed through crystalline stage. The story of adventures through inner space is tied in some ways to the history of Tomorrowland in general. The connections Walt made with his corporate sponsors in that area of the park and his vision for the future. To understand the past, we have to go back to, well, beyond the past, I guess. Anyway, when Disneyland opened on July 17th, 1955, there was still much that needed to be done with it. Tomorrowland, in addition to being a showcase of what the future would look like in the year 1985-ish, was also the poster child of Walt's lack of time to complete his park. Tomorrowland looked more like a convention hall, really, than a cohesive section of Disneyland, with corporate sponsorships proudly displayed wherever they could be seen. And if you remember, I think in um, some of the other shows we've talked about, Tomorrowland was like an afterthought for Walt. He's like, oh, yeah. And I think yeah. it was Ward Kimball was like, hey, let's do the science thing. He's like, yeah, okay, go for it. That's fine. That's great. So everything yeah, else is already done. Yeah. Monsanto, American Motors, Dutch Boy Paint, Richfield Oil, the list of corporate sponsors goes on. Walt saw these partnerships as a necessity in order to finish his park and to have something in place for opening day. Tomorrowland was a bit of an afterthought anyway, so it was the last land to get hit with budget cuts and what a better way to pay for something than with using someone else's money. Everything changes in time, of course, and the overcorporation of Tomorrowland had to become something different. Walt had added a few new attractions back in 1959, like the monorail, the Matterhorn bobsleds, which, yes, used to be in Tomorrowland, and Submarine Voyage. But it still really wasn't enough. For a while, there was a plan to expand the back of Tomorrowland and install a whole area dedicated to science. I bet you can't guess what it would have been called. Science Land? Science Land. That's right, Science Land, you guys. <laughs> or Adventures in Science, depending on who you ask oh. and, and who you reference. This land would have been built where Space Mountain is today and would have featured a ride that was to be turned into Adventures Through Inner Space, among other educational attractions. So think of like a cool Epcot, maybe. Okay. I don't know, right? But Science Land was not long for the drawing board, and these designs and plans went back on the shelf for another few years. Over the years since opening Disneyland, Walt had become close friends with Monsanto's Dr. Charles Allen Thomas, who was also the principal scientist in the development of the atomic bomb, by the way. And the two men, Thomas and uh, Walt, would often sit together in a sort of analog Zoom call, I suppose, uh, where they would chat about the public's involvement in science and education. I looked around, but I guess their podcast RSS feed had been removed because I couldn't find this particular app. The odds, you know? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? stuff is just gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's tragedy, too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, remember, this was the early to mid-60s. Manned spaceflight was getting all of the love and attention, and a company founded on Earthbound Sciences, like Monsanto, was wondering what they had to do in order to get kids interested in what they had on offer. After all, space is cool, but most people's lives would not be affected by any meaningful scientific breakthroughs in space for many years to come. Thomas wanted the public to be excited about science now, and considering how well the Disney-Monsanto relationship had been going so far, why not keep everything on the same path? By this time, like I said, around the mid-60s, I don't really know when they were talking. It sounds like they were just friends for several years, so this is just you know happening you know organically. Uh, but by around the mid-60s, 
Something like 30 million people had visited the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry and the House of Tomorrow, both sponsored by Monsanto, right? The Disney partnership was a good one, and so, impressed with the technological advances Disney was making in their park, Monsanto agreed to partner up once more. I'm sure that during these conversations, Walt was mentioning how he wanted to bring Space back, or that he had a really great educational science ride already planned. All he needed was a sponsor. One of those, oh, that, yeah, I have one in the back room. Let, go, let me go grab it for you moments. Like one of those things okay. where, you know, Dr. Thomas is like, well, I really wish we can get kids interested in science. And Walt goes, I got the whole thing, buddy. I just need a fat check with a bunch of zeros. <laughs> yeah, and basically. you got it. We got this. The new ride would occupy the Hall of Chemistry building, which would be shuttered for the new Tomorrowland refresh and would focus on inner space, atoms and molecules rather than outer space. I don't know. Cold and space diseases, I guess, are in outer space. I don't really know. After all, atoms and molecular sciences actually impacted the lives of people on the daily basis right now. From the clothes they wear to the food they eat, Thomas and Disney wanted to take the people through a journey that was relevant to them now, in the here and now. The front of the building of Hall of Chemistry received an update, a 40-foot-high sculpted reflective surface designed by the venerable John Hinch, who led the designing of Snow White's Grotto, New Orleans Square, various buildings in Adventureland and Tomorrowland, Cinderella's Castle in Disney World, and he was also Disney's official portrait artist of Mickey Mouse, painting the company's portraits for Mickey uh, in the 25th, 50th, 60th, 70th, and 75th birthdays. The attraction itself was designed by a team led by Claude Coates and including other Disney names such as Exitensio and Ed Johnson. I couldn't find a single thing about Ed online, so my apologies for not <laughs> dumping random wiki, wiki facts on you for that one. And you all know who Exitensio is, so I don't need to have to go through there. Exitensio uh, wrote the narration of the ride while Paul Freeze voiced it. Now, this was still in the days of ticketed rides. But this one was sort of set up in a strange way. Children in the junior or child tiers uh, of the ticket books, right, received a complimentary ticket in their book for inner space. So they could enter with said ticket or with an accompanying adult. But adults were let in for free, no ticket required. So if the kids want to ride, they gotta burn that they gotta burn that ticket. But if they go with their parents, it's free. Huh. Okay. It's very odd. Persistent kids could ride inner space again if they used a C ticket ride. So you get your complimentary ticket, then you can burn a C ticket from your book, and then officially the the ride became a an official C ticket attraction on December fifteenth, nineteen seventy two. As riders approached the entrance to Inner Space, which I know is not the full name, and I risk being ostracized by the Disneyland name police, they would hear a song called "Miracles from Molecules," written by the fabulous Sherman Brothers. around us everywhere there are miracles from molecules in the earth the sea the air now men with dreams are furthering what nature first began making modern miracles from molecules for man every atom is a world pretty good pretty catchy yeah 
I like it. Yeah, it's good. I love it's how like, we're continuing nature's dream. <laughs> yes, this is what nature began. Uh, men uh, are working very hard at uh, you know furthering nature's uh, initial you know run at it. They had nature had a good go. Let's just see. Just what, men. Yeah, see what the guys can do. Yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man, it was played in the background of the ride. At, you know, at different paces, and they really slowed that thing down. And and the the I'll play some of the sounds. I mean, you heard it in, in the beginning with Paul Fries and the narration that I played in the beginning of the segment. But like the the weird sort of creepy off putting music is a very consistent theme throughout the ride, and it, it, it really has a good setting. It's even played in the post-show presentation, so when you're unloading, you can hear that, that song playing around. The queue uh, for the ride was fairly small by modern standards, consisting of a few small switchbacks winding guests around little display pods on their way to the ride-loading platform, and, uh, which was just up ahead and out in plain sight. So you basically you walk into the building, you see where you're getting on right there. But okay. you have to do a couple switchbacks, and then you're on. Yeah. Above the loading station, guests in line could see the people mover meandering its way through the show building on its tour of Tomorrowland. So if you're sitting there looking at Tomorrowland um, and then you look to the right, which is now Star Tours and the, the people mover track goes in, goes into that building, then the track would have continued on through. So when you're in the, the building of um, inner space, you'll be able to see the people mover just right there. I actually remember that. Yeah. I remember going on the people mover and seeing Adventures through inner space. Yeah, exactly. And if you uh, go on YouTube and look through, uh, look for ride throughs on YouTube, you'll see it from sometimes different angles of people on the people mover, pe- mm. people on the people mover, <laughs> you know, taking video of the, um, of the inner space down below. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of weird, man. Nice. I like it. It's almost like uh, you forget that these parts of the park had existed. Yeah. These different functionalities. It's, it's wild. Now, was it going also, through the actual ride, or was it going through the queue at that point? It, it was going through the queue. So oh, this is all. Okay. So it's like the the you walk into the building, you do like one or two switchbacks, and then you're at the loading platform. It's just it's right there, and then the people mover was above the the loading platform. So you saw the big microscope and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, the pods that you saw in uh, in the switchbacks there for the queue showcased scenes from the ride they were about to experience, the people were about to experience. Towering above the queue was a giant snowflake projected onto a screen, foreboding signs of what was to come. And then, uh, do I have the, um, you said the thing. I, I th- yeah, there we go. All right, here we go. Maybe I thought things were out of order, but they weren't. I second-guessed myself on, you know, on the fly, and you can't do that. <laughs> Uh, now let's talk about the ride vehicles for just a second. Inner Space was chosen as the first ride in Disneyland to utilize the brand new Omnimover ride system developed oh. at WED by Roger Brogy and Brett Bun- Brundage. I knew I was going to mess it up. That's a, that's a, three B words with R's in them. It's very tough. <laughs> Roger Brogy and Bert Brundage with the idea of coming from Bob Gurr. He first dreamt up the idea while brainstorming with Imagineer John Hinch. Um, this is a quote from Bob. He says, John wanted to know why we couldn't tell a story by allowing the moving guests to go up and down steep hills and look in any direction, even behind them. I casually picked up a toy, uh, I casually picked up a toy candied apple on a stick from his desk, twirled it in the air and said, like this? Yeah, like that. Okay. First of all, who has a toy candied apple? Yeah, that's yeah, a town. very strange yeah. toy. That's also the most 60s thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, the Omnimover name would come later. 
and that it was also by Bob Gurr. For Interspace, the ride, uh, the vehicles were dubbed Atommobiles. Atommobile, okay. Atommobile. Yeah. So, and you would have heard in the in the Paul Freeze narration at the beginning of the segment, the um, the guys in the background saying Atommobiles approaching or whatever oh, it says. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the idea of having a ride car on a conveyor belt was not necessarily new at the time. However, Brogy and Brundage developed the Omnimover to rotate, directing the guests' line of sight to wherever they wished. And this way they could light you know, behind the, the, the guest cars and they can do all sorts of stuff and they don't have to really work with the um, restraints that they would normally have in a normal scene where you could just look and then suddenly, oh, I see that light over there. It's like you can't even look because your car is facing the other way. Hmm. Yeah, so it was, it was sort of freeing in that regard, which I think is why Haunted Mansion works so well, because you can't just really look around. Yeah. Um, Brogy is a big name in Imagineering circles, apparently. He is often referred to as the first Imagineer. Working on the multiplane camera that revolutionized filmmaking in the late 30s, he oversaw the development of the Disneyland Railroad, the Matterhorn bobsleds, and the monorail. His team produced the first audio animatronic, the Abraham Lincoln, in 1963, and did a ton of stuff before and afterwards. Anyway, next to that loading platform of the Atommobile stood the Mighty Eye Microscope, like Eric was talking about. It was a giant microscope that transported the Atommobiles into the realm of the Atom, you guys. This is very exciting stuff. The ride cars passed through the eyepiece of the giant microscope and were shrunk down to the size of a water molecule. And then into the ride itself, meaning there was a tunnel and you went through it. But it looked fun from the line because the body of the scope blocked the show transition from the view. The Mighty Eye was designed by George McGinnis, who went on to do a bunch of cool stuff for Epcot and did a great job setting the feel and tone for the ride. Of course, a real microscope enlarges things, does not shrink them. So really, you'd be getting bigger, but not smaller. But hey, (laughs) belief suspended. Yes. Can you... Now your adventure through inner space has begun. Through the mighty microscope, you will travel into the incredible universe found within a tiny fragment of a snowflake. I am the first person to make this fabulous journey. Suspended in the timelessness of inner space are the thought waves of my first impressions. They will be our only source of contact once you have passed beyond the limits of normal magnification. 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 I want to just keep playing it. <laughs> it reminds me so much of um, Tower of Terror. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. What were we going to say, Eric? I was just thinking the same thing. I was going to say, can you imagine living at a time when you see people walking behind a wall and then you see like a small conveyor belt moving off in the distance? And you think, holy cow, those people are tiny now. <laughs> yes, for sure. Because what it did and you guys, I, I highly recommend you looking it up um, the mighty eye. So you had the the the. Um, the uh, atom mobiles on the left-hand side, right? And they look like they would pass through the microscope and part of the body of the microscope, you have the body of the microscope, which looks like more of a sci-fi laser than it does a microscope, right? Sure. But you had the body and then the sort of, let's call it the barrel extended out. And then in the barrel, they put little small atom mobiles moving uh, up the barrel towards right. the eyepiece of the, or towards the, the snowflake that was being projected on the wall. So... 
the effect was like obviously they're not getting drunk, but you're just you're seeing that the cars pass through and it looks like the, well that's where they are. It's yeah. a, it's a very cool trick. That's cool. I like yeah, that. They did a good job. Once shrunkified, guests were transported into the microscopic world via a snowstorm. It just had projected, you know, snowflakes falling on the on okay. the wall. Disney took full advantage of the rotating abilities of the Omnimover system and had guests enter this snowstorm backwards. So you sit in the Omnimover in the automobile, and then it rotates you backwards, and you enter the thing, <laughs> the oh. thing backwards in the snowstorm. No ride had ever done that before, and apparently it caused quite the commotion during the day. So sort of like what you were saying, Eric, we're like, oh, imagine being like seeing this thing for the first time. We take all this stuff for granted, but mm-hmm. this blows people's mind. Oh, yeah. This is like the effect of, you know, uh, seeing a film in like the late 1800s of a friggin train coming at the camera. You think it's <laughs> going to come through the thing. Oh, my God. It's going. Yeah, we, obviously not really. But, you know, similar. That's cool. As we shrink down, our narrator explains that he was the first person to undergo this process and that somehow his thought waves were suspended in time allowing us to hear his inner monologue as we travel in his footsteps, which is a very interesting and sort of creative way to lead this show, right? It's like, Oh, instead of saying now you're doing this, now you're doing this. It's much more exciting to think that you're following in someone else's footsteps who did this the first time. It's like seeing voice recorders everywhere. Yeah. You know, video games do this a lot where you follow the trail and you pick up this recorder and you read the story. Oh, this is the person who did this. Now I have to go find out what's going on. It's almost like a mystery. Yeah. It really kind of keeps you, uh, keeps you intrigued. If you pay attention to those portions. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it could be the other type. That's Just true. Keep going. That's true. <laughs> small now that I can see millions of orbiting electrons. They appear like the Milky Way of our own solar system. This vast realm, this is the infinite universe within a tiny speck of snowflake crystal. And that heartbeat there is very Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird, right? Shrinking smaller and smaller, we penetrate a molecule and go straight into the heart of an atom. And if you listen carefully, you hear the like, like these, you know, whipping around the electrons, whipping around the, um, Mm. yeah, the atom there. Uh, In the last sequence of the ride, atoms begin to move and swirl around you as you hear the narrator come to the realization that the snowflake was melting. A giant human eye peers down at you from the eyepiece of the giant microscope you pass through as if to remind you that you are really, really tiny. (laughs) And then suddenly the ride is just over with assurance that you are actually going to be just fine. Oh, how strange. The molecules are so active now. They have become fluid, freed from their frozen state. That can only mean that the snowflake is melting. Yes, the snowflake has melted, but there is no cause for alarm. You are back on visual and returning to your normal size. Back on visual. This has been one of many exciting adventures through inner space in a never-ending search for new ways to rearrange molecules for the benefit of mankind. 
And there you go. I kind of wish this ride was still there. Me too. I think yeah, it's cool. They should definitely just open an Epcot. It's, it's great. Yeah. The primary narration, background voices of the tracking crew, theme music, and sound effects were delivered to guests very innovatively. The Paul Freeze narration was heard from speakers within the car behind the heads of the riders. It was divided into 14 separate blocks and was one of six separate sound systems. Some sound effects designed to support and complement the theme of a specific scene were external to the passing car. These effects were known as color tones because they combined lighting effects and orchestrations and were written for this purpose by Buddy Baker, who did the orchestration for the music throughout the, the ride. Oh, okay. The special effects and projection systems, was, which made up so much of the experience, were created by veteran Imagineer and Wizard of Disney illusion Yale Gracie. Much of the inner space atmosphere and most of its visual impact was accomplished with projections of many kinds, images on film and transparencies, dimensional reflections, delicate crystalline etchings on glass, and more. There were over 85 projectors and reflecting devices throughout this ride. The result was a labyrinth of swirling crystals, spinning molecules, and pulsing racing atomic particles. The combined effect of sounds close and distant, flashing lights and short bursts of air, the narrator's emotional voice within the car, the faint conversations of the tracking crew, the rotation of the car in the first scene, and then another through a universe of complex images. The ride itself was what we would consider, I think, classic Disney. As you journey down into the realm of the atom and back, Paul Frees' narration feels very intimate and genuine, as if you are really hearing the thoughts of someone making this magnificent discovery for the first time. You know, the exact and total opposite of how the lines were delivered in that trash heap called Ant-Man. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Stop it. After you return to normal size, you pass the display area, of course, showcasing even more Monsanto products and the way in which they have enhanced your life. The crazy thing about this is that the display area is really just part of the unloading area. And this is sort of hard to describe, but as you pass by the uh, display area in your Atom mobiles, looking at all the Monsanto things, guests who disembarked ahead of you mill about, walking past the oncoming Atom mobiles, <laughs> looking at the same displays they just whizzed by at two miles an hour. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. So like the platform that you get off is you just then you just walk back. You basically do U turn and come back, and so you see the people who are behind you in the ride, and it's just right there. Strange. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. According to Monsanto, their quote post show area was meant to quote help guests readjust to normal size. It's cute. As their automobiles curved towards the unloading turntable ahead, riders got a close look at the fountain of fashion. A two-story hourglass of glycerine oil flowing down hundreds of monofilament strands and mannequins dressed in colorful synthetic clothes. As you leave the building, you'll see a world clock showing the time of day around the globe and also highlighting different Monsanto facilities and locations throughout the world. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Once aboard the Atommobile, a descent through the walls of a water molecule to the nucleus of the atom and back lasted about six minutes. The train of uh, Omnimovers included 123 cars and traveled a tubular steel track 682 feet in length at a speed of 1.2 miles per hour. Each car carried two passengers and departed every three seconds from the revolving turntable platform in the loading area at the front of the ride. Guests unloaded on a matching turntable in the post-show area at the conclusion of the ride. The rotating speed of the loading turntable at the beginning was adjusted to apparently run 10% slower than the unloading turntable. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. 
I think that's, yeah, I think that's normal. I think that's what they do like on the Grizzly River run too. Mm, yeah, probably. Walt Disney, unfortunately, did not live to see the completed adventure through inner space, and the ride itself was not ready for the March 17th, 1967 open of the new Tomorrowland. During the ribbon-cutting ceremonies in March, Walt's brother Roy Disney said, quote, Tomorrowland was something very dear to Walt's heart. The old Tomorrowland had always been a source of annoyance to him <laughs> because he never really accomplished what he was trying to do. He was involved in great depth in the new Tomorrowland until the day he died. Aww. The Interspace premiere was held on June 29th, 1967. In his remarks at the premiere, Dr. Thomas from Monsanto said, quote, During the decade in which Monsanto has been a resident of Tomorrowland, Walt Disney and I became good friends. I came to respect the fact that he was an extraordinary educator in addition to being one of our century's greatest showmen. It was the hope of both at the Monsanto and Disney organizations that interspace might be, quote, an entirely new method of learning complex scientific fact by immediate experience. I don't know how complex you're going to get. Like, you know what I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to like, you know, split cells or anything in here. I, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll get a general overview. Sure. That's great. We going to take notes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, there was a bathroom of tomorrow. I, That's I mean, true. That's absolutely all of actual chemistry. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. Monsanto, replaced by a ride. Yes, replaced by this ride. Monsanto ended its sponsorship of Interspace on September 30th, 1977, and then the ride closed permanently in September of 1985. Today, the old hall of chemistry turned to Interspace is now home to a new ride, reliant upon science, though not in any educational way, of course. Star Tours opened in 1987, filling the great building with more fun than education. However, there are still some remnants of inner space for guests to see. The meandering queue looked much like it did for inner space, so if you ever wondered why we have to wind around when you go through Star Tours, that's what it's all about. It's the same queue layout as Adventure Through Inner Space. And where the Mighty Eye Microscope once stood, now sits the star speeder vehicle. So that should give you a little bit of a, a reference for how far away this thing was. Like it, you, it was right there. It's right there. <laughs> like when you walk into star tours, yeah. you see the star speeder right. Imagine where like three PO is. Yeah. That's where the loading area would be. So that's where the cars actually went in. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have to wait in as long of a line then at all. Because Not at all. It just like went right there and that was it. Yeah. But now that's the nice. line for star tours is all the way back because if you think about it, they don't need all that show building. Oh, yeah, they don't need any of it, really. They just yeah. they need a certain just a certain section. So you're walking through the queue when you're walking down. It's just, it, you know, you're walking through the old ride. Essentially. essentially, yeah, it's the old the old show building. And then you just, you know, go in the thing and then, and then you leave. But they had to fill it with something. Yeah. Why not more rides or my, why not more lines? Yeah. But yeah. So that's it right there. More switchbacks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> The short travel promo film and departure sign that displays in the lobby when you're in line before you hit the Star Speeder vehicle, that's where the projected snowflake used to be. So you have the, the Star Speeder, and then over here on the right-hand side, the big um, th the big uh, screen where you know, it's like, this is what's happening, and come to Endor and do the thing. There was just a big, giant snowflake right there. Okay. So that's the, the, the screen. The Imagineers did leave a few reminders of the prior, tra uh, prior attraction in the ride, such as the Monsanto display pods that we were talking about, uh, you know, a little bit that were in the queue earlier that were showing like kind of what you were going to see on the ride. They left those in there, but they redressed them as control panels and they were under repaired by one of the droids. Below the Star Tours queue line 
start. It's been so long. It's hard to remember. I saw a walkthrough, but they were all kind of terrible around 3PO and you kind of go up this ramp and there's another cutback. There's like some droids repairing some stuff. Yeah. Those apparently are old display pods from um, the Adventures to Inner Space. Oh, okay. I was wondering if there's yeah. going to be any of those um, Easter eggs. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, and a miniaturized Atommobile mixed in with the baskets of robot space junk passing overhead in the Droidnostics Center. Sentimental homage was paid to Inner Space when the Mighty Microscope, which is actually an 18-inch model, was included in the lower right-hand corner of the Star Speeder view screen just as the runway craft swings out of the hangar bay and plunges into space. Now, a lot of those are from when Star Tours actually first opened, and I know Star Tours has gotten a refresh since then, so I don't know if any of this stuff is still here. I imagine the uh, Mighty Microscope is no longer in, <laughs> no longer in the travel thing for the John, but it was at one point in time because uh, apparently, um, you know, it was, a, it was a very special ride for everybody, and it sounds really cool. So I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, um, the YouTube channel's Adventure Through Space. And this guy, Steve Wesson, created a virtual ride through. It's like oh, wow. like 3D really? imaged. It's not like in VR, but he recreated the ride in just like 3D modeling program. Wow, that's cool. And it has like the whole narration and has the whole thing. So definitely check it out. It's really, it's really very cool. Nice. Yeah, he did a really cool job. You definitely get a really good feel for uh, for what's going on in the uh, on the ride. But there you have it. That's the adventures through inner space, the history of you got miracles and molecules. Everybody, good know. job. Yeah, thanks, man. So, of course, this also sort of sounds like the um, what's the carol- carousel of progress. Eric Carousel Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow There you go Yeah Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow Yeah It does yeah It's as cheery And kind of almost marchy which yeah, those like, Sherman brothers, they got a style. Yeah, they really did. It sort of lends, though, also to that thing where, like, Tomorrowland just was, like, even at its peak was, like, all the same. Like, it's just yeah. samey. Well, and so I didn't do a very good job uh, getting to it, but, you know, the new Tomorrowland, that's what Walt really wanted to add more to it. Like, he understood that Tomorrowland originally wasn't very good. Mm. And he knew that. And, you know, it was kind of a sore subject for him, I guess. Yeah. So this ride was part of that new Tomorrowland. But he never saw it. But he never got to see it, no. Darn. Uh, yeah. So it, he already knew on opening day that it, we needed some work back here in, yeah. <laughs> in this park. Um, but these are the kind of rides that we sort of, as like Disney fans, and especially Disney fans who have, have you know hung out on the West Coast, go over to Epcot and discover like, oh, these like sort of educational you know rides, but they can also be fun. That is that sort of what like old timey Disney has become, I think, in our minds. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those rides that that is dependent on that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that, there's a certain yeah. affection, but it seems to fall in the same realm. It, we see, it, it's the same thing we see at Disneyland with the People Mover, where everybody laments it's gone, but nobody was riding it in the 90s. <laughs> right. It's the same thing with Epcot. All of those old rides, uh, the Horizons, massive contingent of, of nostalgic fans, but in the mid to late 90s, nobody was going on it. it I mean, the, if it was around these days, we'd have a bunch of people going on it ironically or nostalgically and saying, well, yeah. isn't this great? Oh, sure. Right. Well, that's why we went on it. I mean, what are you going to do? Like carousel of progress? Because it's not progress anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's not, you know? And even back then, it's like, 
is it really progress or is it sort of just like what happens now where the where dad sits on the couch and mom cooks? <laughs> Which one's Carousel of Progress? Is that the one in the big ball? The big golf ball? No, that's Starship Earth. That's Starship Troopers. Spaceship. <laughs> Spaceship. Spaceship yeah. Troopers. Yeah. Okay, which one is... That's where you like you start out in like the twenties. Yeah. And oh, the, and you, it's like a thing, theater. Like, the whole thing mm-hmm. moves. around. Okay. Yeah. That's I right. got trapped on that ride. That Hell was yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, Dad burn the turkey three times. <laughs> cool. That's what happens when you put Dad in charge of the turkey. That's right. I dad. Mean, dad should be in charge of holding know, that couch down. And you know that that last scene. I can't think. Like what? What? When is that? Is that now? Is that 1993? What happened in the last scene? I don't know. Mixture of now and oh, 1993, where they're like, yeah, I kind of remember it. And there's like, there is a computer, I think. Yeah, explain it, Beverly. Explain it. Explain the scene because I don't remember the scene. Oh, okay. So that's when Dad burns the turkey. But then, okay. like, they're like, basically, like Alexa, turn the Christmas tree <laughs> lights on, and okay. the Christmas tree lights come on. But they also have like those cube glass. From the night, you know, remember the oh, frosted yeah. like cube glass wall, the glass brick. Oh yeah, yeah. hell yeah, yeah, yeah. As like part of the, I, I could be making that up, but it's very like reminiscent of that style. Okay, it's just it's just weird. It's yeah. like I don't know where, <laughs> where to put this in my head. Right yeah, right. Well, and especially for us, you know, coming to that point where well, we were promised jetpacks by now. <laughs> You know, we really, right. right. And and it was interesting to learn that Walt sort of made Tomorrowland as a a version of 1985 where buildings would be angular and kind of all this, you know, funky stuff. And it's like, well, that didn't happen. We're still sort of regressing and maybe sort of like somehow like brutalist, you know, of the eighties or just more like here's a brick or here's an entire concrete block stone structure you now live and work in this and there's no windows that's, like, that's not it was constructed yesterday yeah right exactly it's actually you're, you have to finish it you have to finish it but yeah tomorrowland is is has always been weird i don't think anybody ever really you know knew what it was going to be it sort of seemed like a placeholder um i'm sort of disappointed that science land never got made yeah that sounded actually kind of cool but yeah adventure through inner space it seems like a dope ride and there's there's old footage, archival footage that you can find online too. Just watch it. Just look through some of the stuff. Check it out. It's it seems really cool, and it sort of does put Star Tours in perspective. Well, not perspective, but it's next time you write Star Tours, you you're, you 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 won't be able to help but uh, imagine the mighty eye. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I like. What's it. weird is it's the same in Walt Disney World. They created the same queue inside, the same <laughs> curves. Oh, really? And now that you mentioned that, I'm yeah, like, well, why did they is. do that? Why did they do that? There's no need. I don't think we rode that Disney World. We did. Absolutely. Because we walked underneath the um, the AT-ATs or whatever. Oh, they, you're they, right. Yes. Their queue is actually better because they have a forest. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Starts out like Endor, yeah. yeah. That's the only part of the queue I remember. That's the best oh, part of the queue. I forgot to tell you guys this. Hang on. When we went to Disneyland the last time, we rode Star Tours. Yeah. And we rode it three times. And each time we had a different ride. Oh, cool. Nice. And that is the first time that has ever happened to me. Wow. Huh. That's great. Good for you. I'm, I'm so glad for us. Very 
The 21st Welcome. Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die hey, IPA, who's this guy talking? Vacation in their whimsically <laughs> designed cans. That's right, cans. Sounds like some this refreshing guy. release, Tropical yeah. IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. Splash. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. A nice one. Tropical Brew Free or Die <laughs> IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right. That's Fun right. fact, I played the, the guitar parts, too. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> My uh, the, favorite part of that is the good beer shop. Not your bad beer shop. Hey, your good beer shop. Just the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only the best. That's Only right. Only the goodest. That's right. Well, you know, you're not going like, to, you know, those shops, you know, those stores. Oh, you're yeah. like, they're not going to have something good like this. They are just not. They're going to have maybe Heineken from two years ago. Maybe. Maybe. If you're like, maybe. Yeah. Or definitely like uh, you know, a Mickey's. Those are not yeah. good beer shops. You won't find those. You won't find those anywhere. You know, but you'll Mickey's find what you need when you need it. <laughs> Mickey's has a time and place. Yeah. It's 20 years ago. In the garbage. 100%. In the bushes. Tape, tape to each hand. Oh, that yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Edward Mickey hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you ever play that? Like, for real? No. No, me either. Edward no, no. My friends didn't hate me. Edward 40 hands or whatever. In case you guys don't know, so you take 40s and you duct tape them to your friend's hands. So they have two hands and they're just 40 ounce beers. And they have to, to, you can't get them out. Mm-mm. You have to drink the 40s and before you'll undo it. It's terrible. Before you can go to the bathroom. It before is you go terrible to the because that is a lot of liquid to drink before using the restroom. Yes. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so we didn't, <clears throat> I've never done that, but one time we did uh, to a coworker, Bev and I's, uh, we, we played Edward Four Loco Hands. Where we, where we duct taped two four locos to this poor woman's hands. Who? Who? Kim. Who was, who was oh that? Oh, my God. It was Kim. And it oh, was. That's right. And it was um, homie. It was the homie. Oh. I'm blanking on his name Here? now. No. Manager. Oh. Kevin. Kevin. God, I can't fuck you, Kevin. Imagine forgetting a name like Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah. And they both did it. And I think yeah. Kevin gave up. And I think Kim and, and finished Kim strong and then she died. Yeah, she yeah. died for the rest of the week. And when we're going on a beer <laughs> trip, going going to a beer a beer trip, multiple day beer trip, we did this to this poor girl. And she actually never recovered. I think that no. was to Mammoth. And I think coming yes. back, that's the picture I have of her with her arm up and her head on the table. And she was like that all the way from Mammoth back to the Bay Area. Oh, did not I, and I think like, that poor girl had the misfortune of vomiting in the the. Tra- the, the, RV. the RV's bathroom. Oh, no, I never do that. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> that as a side, wow. we're really fun and nice and kind people, Bev, to, <laughs> to, to go on trips with. Can you imagine? It's so good. It's almost like it's like getting gifted a younger sister for four days. <laughs> like, what can we do to this poor woman? All right, oh. let's take a, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to come back. We're going to do a few a little Disney news tidbits, little tasty nugs. And then, um, and then we're going to get out of here. So stay tuned, everybody. It's Ears Up. We'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Ears Up, where the opinions never stop. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, they don't, guys. Sorry, in case you ever wondered if our opinions ever stopped. They don't. They really don't. They really don't. Um, Where's my... There we go. Man, it's amazing how, how much um, not having a uh, the John will throw my John off. Oh, yeah. No. March in the past, totally. present, and future. You know what I mean? All the news yep. that's fit right to there cover. With you. It's the years sure. of Disney News. All right. We got a little bit of Disney News for you guys. Why isn't this loading? There you go. Uh, Here we go. This is from Cinema Blend. When the Disney parks were forced to shut down during the pandemic, a lot that was planned to happen inside them changed. New attractions that were under construction were significantly delayed and others that had not yet been started were postponed. But now it's been so long that many fully expected to see these attractions to be uh, completed, completely canceled. I don't know why that was very hard to do. And then, of course, there's an ad that pops up right on that stupid. (laughs) Oh, my God, whatever. Oh, today was the annual shareholders meeting for the Walt Disney Company. And during the event, I think it was actually yesterday, uh, during the Q&A session, a shareholder asked about the status of some uh, projects with nebulous futures. The planned Mary Poppins attraction and the e-ticket Quinjet ride at Disney California Adventures Avengers Campus were specifically referenced. Disney CEO Bob Chapek responded by saying that the company was currently, quote, in a holding pattern regarding these attractions. That's never good. No. No, it's never good. He cited the company's liquidity as the major factor in the delay. However, uh, when pressed, he did not uh, blink when he, uh, he admitted that he raised everyone's salaries for no reason. I just made that part up. But well, he, did, was, he did give everybody raises. They got, everyone got raises. Well, and of course he did. He's the new boss. He yeah. wants to be liked. Sure. Um... The Walt Disney Company simply does not have the cash it once did due to the pandemic's financial toll, which is nonsense. They no. did not they did not get hit nearly as badly as they thought as as everyone thought they would. He also said, however, the company hoped to return the funding to those future attractions uh, later on. So there you go. They won't be happening anytime soon. However, they we they the Ben Christopher Reeve. Anyway. They're gonna be happening at some point. We get that. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah, sure, man. We get that. Sure. Yeah. It's funny because like, okay, obviously they make a crap ton of money. Right. But you don't go into a holding pattern unless you're not able to like give your investors what they want. Like you really don't. There's no reason to. So like, I think if they're going into, if they're holding off on these things, then they really... They're hurting as a comp. They're hurting, but their investors are hurting, not the company. Mm. I think. 
Okay. So if you can't give your investors what they want, your company's hurting because your investors are mad. Your your larger investors, the company is running. I think probably just fine. They make plenty of money. They can pay everybody. Everything's fine. But you also have to give those distributions to those investors. And if you can't do that, they're going to be like, no, stop spending money because we need that money. That money is ours that you're spending. Hmm. That's what I, I think stock is going value on. is super low right now. Oh, is it? At, well, and normally when it drops this low, what is it? It's like at 130 or something at this point. And wow. normally when it drops this low, I buy a couple shares. Whenever it drops, I'm like, oh, I'll buy a couple shares. And uh, at this point, it's it's pretty low. And I, I even saw earlier today that some some analysts are saying, Let, let's just put it on hold. This Normally, whenever Disney drops, they say buy it because it'll bounce back. And now they're not so confident, which is a little mm-hmm. weird. I'm still pretty confident that things will eventually get better, but it's probably a yeah. longer term thing. If yeah. you're a big money person that likes the the stonks, then yeah, if you're bread, it's probably not fast enough for you. Well, right. I mean, just there, there's so much faster ways to make money than sitting on Disney stock. I feel like I'm, I have nine shares of Disney stock because I'm a fan. No reason, not because I'm. I think it's a good investment. Yeah. I mean, it's not not a good investment, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I'm probably at like 15. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, in case you guys. I think they, I was just going to say yeah. like with regards particularly to the Quinjet twi- twin, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. Yeah. Attraction. They, they need that. Mm. Mm. Like, Wait, is that in uh, Hollywood land or whatever? It's in California Adventure in. Um, oh, Avengers Campus. Am I not close enough? No. Now you are. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do need something there. All they have is the Spider-Man ride, and it's a little bit um, (laughs) trash-canny. Well, they have have Tower of Terror. I've my opinion enough about that, but... They have Tower of Terror, though. Where is a... Well, yeah, Isn't it a roller coaster? Quinja? I have no idea, actually, what it is. Oh, we don't know what it is? I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, other people might... I thought maybe it was like a simulator. Yeah, because like, like Star Tours. I'm assuming it go? it's going to be like yeah. that. I feel like that's sort of the future it's not of rides. A lot rides. of space. They don't yeah. really have a lot to work with. But they like, need something. But that's yeah. not that unlike um, Tower of Terror. So like, what is? Well, you keep saying Tower of Terror, but we're talking about the Quinjet. I, I know. So I, I guess I'm trying to so, trying to connect the two things. What, so if you're saying that it's you sit in a thing and there's a screen, that's not mm-hmm. very different from Tower of Terror, which is already the same theme. That's weird to me. But that you mean Guardians of the Galaxy? And this is Isn't Quinjet? Isn't Quinn? No. Quinjet is from the Avengers. It's the Quinjet. But you're confusing it with the with a lead from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Quill. Quill. Oh, it's Quill. Quill. We got there, boys and girls. We got there. We connected the dots. We took the fuse A and fuse B and jammed them together and we made we made the light bulb come on. Gotcha. Yeah, this was supposed yeah. to be the experience where you came, you came in and you were part of the adventure and you were oh, going right. to be an Avenger now and you get a superpower. Oh. And they didn't explain any of this other than you're going to get into this and somehow you will feel like you're part of it. And then you're going to fly over Wakanda in a Quinjet and then something, of course, something goes wrong and you probably like free fall out of there in an Iron Man suit. I don't know. I wonder if it's like... Soren or something. Mm. Well, that would be kind of weird because to have two rides that are the same. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think it'll be some sort of simulator. I don't know why, just because. I mean, that's sort of what they're doing. Ryan in the chat thinks it's going to be like the Hogwarts ride. Mm. 
Which yeah, one? Which oh. I could see. <laughs> yeah, which one, Ryan? Get specific. Yeah, come on. Specificity, <laughs> bruh. They've got like three. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know. I, whatever. It'll be fine. Can you imagine if they did a Star Wars hotel, but it was Avengers themed? Like, how hard would that be? That would be impossible, oh, dude. Can you imagine? I need you guys to uh, get Tony another martini, please. That's your, that's your task. Are you team martini or team, you know, Heineken? I don't know. Side quests. Uh, that's yeah, what it's all about. See, there you go. That's what you People are do. shelling out for side quests these days. Um, yesterday, I believe it was, Disney Plus released the teaser trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, the TV series on Disney Plus, giving fans an exciting first look at the highly anticipated limited series, which launches exclusively on the streaming service Disney Plus on May 25th. Have you guys seen this? Have you guys seen this? No. Eric, have you seen it? I'm aware of the trailer, but I haven't watched it because I'm that guy. Uh, what is it? Just because just you refuse to? Uh, I mean, I want to see the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll watch see. it anyway. What do I need to see a teaser for? Well, right. I mean, you get the overall tone. I watched it. I'm not really a trailer guy. I watched it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I think it'll be great. It's uh, you know, Ewan McGregor that reprises his oh, role. That's cool. That's yeah. nice. The story begins there. Yeah, the story begins ten years after the dramatic events of Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith, in which Obi Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. So this is ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So how? What is that? Twenty years before A New Hope ish. Twenty years. Feels like a little bit close. Luke can't be thirty when he does. It. He's he's far too whiny. Mm-hmm. Well, to be a thirty year old, twenties, twenties. I feel like he's twenties. Yeah. Let's wait and see what Ryan says in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan, tell us how we're Waiting. wrong, dude. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Ten years after Revenge of the Sith, I like how they say dramatic events. Yeah, of course. I mean, dramatic. The non-dramatic events of the drama. The series stars Ewan McGregor reprising his role as the iconic Jedi Master. It also marks the return of Hayden Christensen in the role of Darth Vader. You guys. Wow. Hayden Christensen is coming back I and reprising he, like, his role. I thought he quit acting. He did. I think wow. he, I think he quit acting because he, he had so much flack for his acting. I was going to say. Because yeah. it was terrible. Wasn't he terrible? Yeah, he was. But he's sad. back. But he's back. Uh, joining the cast are Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Piasse, Kumal, uh, P-I-E-S-S-E, Piasse, P-I-S-S-E, whatever. Kumali. Oh, playing Aunt Peru. Oh, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Kumali Nanjiani, Idra Varma, Rupert Friend. Rupert Friend is, isn't he um, Harry Potter? Yeah, I, I think so. Oh, Ron? No, that's Rupert, yeah, that's Rupert Gr- Grint. 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 Yeah. Who's Rupert Friend? He sounds, I hope he's like like a jerk. I hope he's really friendly. No, see? You didn't get it. Rupert <laughs> wow. Friend. Okay, he was. Disappointed. Uh, I have never seen a, a movie this man has been in my entire life. <laughs> Like I pulled it up, I was like, I have no idea. Uh, hit, uh, Hitman, yeah, I don't know. He's English, so there you go. Death of Stalin. He was in Pride and Prejudice, the movie from two thousand five. Oh, not, not the book. Not the book. He did not write the book. No. Okay. Uh, God, I think I've oh, seen. Oh yeah, him I think he played Mister. Um, he he played he Peter. Wicked. He played Peter Quinn in Homeland. Oh, that's him. Okay, I like him. Yeah, I like him too. Not Wicket. What? 
<laughs> anyway, we're, we're really good. Uh, anyway, there's a bunch of people that I've never heard of. Um, and it's directed by people I've never heard of, too. But yeah, anyway, check that out. That'll be cool. The trailer, I like the trailer. It was neat. And I know the Bantha Milk Boys just did, I think it was yesterday, they recorded like a reaction uh, episode. So if you want to see all the kind of, you know, Easter eggs and where they think the, the, the story is going to go and what they're going to do and whatever, um, you know, check out that last uh, that last epi. Uh, Ryan says Kenobi takes place nine years before the Battle of Yavin. 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 So the Battle of Yavin took takes place t- 19 years after Revenge of the Sith. So Luke's 19. Okay. Sure. Guess that explains his whininess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Tashi Station, pick up some new power converters. <laughs> He'll never live that down. No, he never will, dude. <laughs> Honestly. No. Nobody likes Mark Hamill, except for, like, everybody, but, you know. Yeah. He is pretty wholesome, that's for sure. Uh, there was a there was a video going around of, of uh, people thought it was him, but it was, anyway, it was a, a, a Luke Skywalker dress-up character, look, a look-alike, doing sign language to uh, a handicapped uh, child, I guess. And everyone was, like, blown away that he knew sign language that Luke Skywalker was doing sign and whatever. And like, can I have a hug or whatever? And then everyone was tagged Mark Hamill and the thing blew up. The thing went totally viral. And he was like, this is really very sweet. This person is great, but that, that's unfortunately not me, but I think this is really cool. Like, you know, he sort of like came clean. I was like, that's not me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But it looked remarkably like him just, you know, maybe, you know, 20 pounds heavier. Hmm. Yeah. Disneyland began enforcing the Magic Key no-show policy this week after a six-month grace period when the penalties for skipping an advanced reservation were not imposed, according to Disney officials. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Magic Key holders will start at zero no-shows this week with no penalties for past infractions. Disneyland rolled out the Magic Key program in August as a replacement for the popular annual pass holder program used by a million fans. Disneyland ended its former four-decade-old annual pass program in January 2021. Blah, blah, blah. Key holders are required to make advanced reservations as part of a new system designed to reduce crowding and spread demand throughout the year. Magic Key annual passes range in price from $3.99 to $13.99, with pass holders able to hold two to six reservations at a time. So, a Magic Key holder who enters either Disneyland or DCA before closing time on the day of the reservation is not considered a no-show. Key holders who cancel a reservation by nine or by 11.59 p.m. on the day before the reservation date are also not considered no-shows. But if you don't show up, it's a no-show. Hmm. Key holders who don't show up for three reservations in a 90-day window will be unable to make new park reservations for 30 days. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you listening, Dan? <laughs> Dan. That does make sense. I mean, then you can't just like rack up your reservations and just mm-hmm. not show up. I wonder what that'll do to the calendar. Like, I wonder if that's been if a thing. Open it up. Yeah. 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 How many people have been missing those? It, that's kind of what I wonder, right? Like, yeah. why is it a thing? It sounds like it needs to be a thing. I have always threatened you, it. I bet you anything that did that did affect the calendar because that's something I would do. I'd be like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to if you're not going to let me come in every day that I want to, I'll just pick every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Until yeah. I know which day I'm going. Like, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. So could I. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, what's going on? Concierge, man. 
Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of new um, new travel planners who have joined our team. So uh, w- there's been, I'm sure you've all seen, there's been a lot of interest in going to these parks again. Yeah, and, yeah. and why not? All of the all of the great <laughs> new stuff, and people are just sick of not being at a Disney park these days. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of new planners. They're really interesting, uh, really interesting folks. Uh, look at our blog going forward. Each each new planner will put out a uh, a a, uh, a new blog introducing themselves. For instance, um, Michelle, her grandfather actually knew Walt Disney. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so mine too, you, man. We, yeah, well, can't prove it. Yeah, yeah. We, all of them. Yeah, you think I'm lying? Yeah. Good. Show right. me I'm lying. Prove it. Yeah, she's got a picture of her grandfather next to Walt Disney, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we, we, we're, we're uh, introducing all these new folks and um, expanding our ability to put trips together. We're learning more about, uh, there's been a lot of interest in going to Universal, both uh, California and Orlando. So we've been kind of expanding our, our reach there. We've, we've always been able to do some of that, but now we're, we're kind of learning more about how to book vacations around the, the greater Orlando area. So if you're in for Gator World, just ask. We'll do it. <laughs> We're on that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, concierge.com. More than just Disney parks, yes. you guys. You can do whatever. But if you're going to Disney parks, concierge.com. Check them out. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I could. I mean, you know, listening to just sort of behind the scenes about what you guys do and how you do it and booking reservations for people and making sure that they're comfortable and making sure that their dates are planned and whatever. I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a right? ton of work. Yeah, for no extra cost. And I'm, I'm not adding that in because it's like, oh, that's the that's the pitch. But it really is like there's no extra cost and I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. And this is why I go out and I talk about how great all of these people are because I can't do it. I Yeah, I couldn't do it I, either. I was talking I, to Jimmy I, about it. I was like, he's like, you should really, I'm like, there's no way, bro. You have to be like super nice, <laughs> like all the time. I mean, I am super nice all the time. But, that's but, what you're known for. Yeah, that's, what nice yeah, that's right. But like, well, see, it's the getting up early and making reservations for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, can't you just, I would be like, can't this person just do this? Why am I, why am I doing it? <laughs> I really, so I really actually like, really like doing stuff like that. So. Yeah. Maybe you, you should, should do, do it. it. Well, no, I don't have any time. Oh, well. True. You don't. I, re- I really don't, but in a different life, I would have really enjoyed that <laughs> in as a, different a job. Life, yeah, me too, man. All right, I think that's it. Did we do all? We did all the stuff, right? I think so. Yeah, I think sure. So. Well, good job. I thought that was that was a fun. Thanks. Throwback. Yeah. Actually, like a lot. I don't mean this to sound rude, but it was a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, especially because like Adventures Through Interspace. What is even is that? Yeah. You know, most do most people really know what that ride was even about? No. I didn't really not as as much because you sort of get it confused with a lot of other stuff too. It's like, is it the yeah. is it the movie? Because there was a right. movie called Inner Space with Martin Short and uh, Jeff <laughs> Daniels, Jeff Bridges. Daniels, yes, yeah. Um, I get it confused with that too, which is sort of the same thing where like it shrinks a boy down and puts him in the body, but um, it's not really the same thing. But anyway, that Paul Freeze narration slaps hard. Like it was like, it's good. It was almost like his peak performance. Yeah. It's so good. Listen to it. Check it out. Watch that VR. I, I gave you the, the Addy, the, the YouTube at, um, all right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much. Thank you much, everybody. 
for very times. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. So I'm tired, man. I went to the it's zoo today, day. dude. It's been a long day. It's been a rough one, but uh, it's fine. Anyway, we are, let's see, Jeremy and I, I believe, are doing in-depth on Tuesday night. So we're going to be hitting that up, and then we have a secret show and another show next two weeks. And 24th, I think, is what it is, and I think the walkabout's going to be later on that week. So uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up for you. And don't forget, of course, the Supreme Resort has a show. Scraping the Vault probably has a show, too. I don't really know. Um Bantha yeah, Milk it's about Encanto. Encanto. Oh. We don't talk about Encanto. No, no. Oh. Anyway, and then, uh, yeah, Bantha Milk. So check them out. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks. I see you in the parks. I see you in the parks. No one told me there would be scanning. <laughs>